Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are going to be previewing the Saturday 12 p.m. slate of college football on DraftKings. At the time of recording, FanDuel has not released their salaries for this slate just yet. Um, However, I would assume that a lot of the pricing will be similar, uh, and a lot of my opinions will be similar once FanDuel comes out with their pricing. Uh, Honestly, don't blame FanDuel for waiting a little bit to come out with the pricing. Maybe you get a little bit more accurate read on some of the depth charts and some of these guys' usage, Um, but it definitely makes it life difficult for somebody like me trying to record a podcast. So anyway, it is Labor Day weekend. Y'all know what that means. It is going to be college football all weekend long, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So I'm going to do my best to record a episode of the podcast for every slate that I can for FanDuel and DraftKings. And I am going to be posting all of my lineups to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, this Saturday, 12 p.m., this is the big slate on DraftKings. And there are a lot of games to look at. There's a lot of players to look at. So let's hear a quick word from our friends at Anchor, and then we'll dive right in. There is a whopping 14 games in this slate this week, and so we need to know which of these games are games that we should be targeting and which of these games we should be avoiding. Now, easy way to do that is by looking at the betting lines for all of these matchups uh, because 13 of them do have betting lines and over-unders posted. The only one that does not is the Texas A&M versus Sam Houston game. Uh, If you listened to the pod last week, I mentioned how generally FBS versus FCS games uh, don't have betting lines until the day of. So it's not shocking that that one doesn't have one, but we all expect Texas A&M to win that one big time. So the Aggies are definitely a viable team to target players from. Now, in terms of over and unders, uh, Houston versus UTSA, a.k.a. the Battle of Southern Texas, has the highest over-under. That's expected to be the highest scoring game on this slate. Um, Both those offenses can score some points, so that's not really shocking. Um, Second in that category would be Buffalo versus Maryland. I think that one's more of two bad defenses than two good offenses. But either way, both of those games are absolutely viable to target players from. Uh, There's some cheap options in both of them as well. And so both those games, we're going to see a lot of points in. Now, the game with the lowest over-under is Rutgers versus Boston College, um, which is not exactly shocking. Neither of those two teams have high-powered offenses. It's probably going to be a fairly ugly game, uh, and I don't really see myself getting much exposure to either of those two teams in my lineups. Now, in terms of implied team total, which is you know a little formula that you can do with the over-under and the point spread, Uh, We'll pretty much figure out how much points each team is expected to score in every given game. Uh, Oklahoma has the highest implied team total. Uh, They're expected to roll over in that game against UTEP. Uh, And then UCLA has the second highest implied team total in their game against Bowling Green. So this week heading into DraftKings, especially with this slate, I think that it is very important that you identify your goals before you finish and hit submit on your lineup. There are a lot of what I would consider safe high floor options, and there are a lot of boom or bust, you know, potential for a zero, potential for a 20 type options on DraftKings as well. So if you're trying to create a safe, you know, risk-free, risk-averse lineup. I think there's plenty of options to do that. Uh, if you're trying to, you know, win a big tournament and, you know, have some variation in your lineups and have a lineup that could potentially boom, I definitely think there's a lot of options for that as well. I'll go over a lot of the individual situations here starting in just a second. Um, we're going to break it down position by position for you, starting with the quarterback position, uh, and then we will talk about how I'm going to start building a lineup this week and then get on out of here. 
Now, in terms of the quarterback position, the one thing that immediately stood out to me when I opened up DraftKings and saw these prices was that Stetson Bennett was the highest priced quarterback. Now, Stetson Bennett is, you know, he's been improving as a quarterback. He made some elite level throws in the fourth quarter of that national championship game against Alabama, but he's being priced like he's this gunslinger in an offense that's going to throw it 50 times a game. And that's just not what Georgia does. And so I just can't see myself getting up to pay this price for Stetson Bennett. Um, I do think Georgia will win this game against Oregon. Uh, I do think the Georgia offense will put up some points. But I just, I don't know, I can't get behind that price for a quarterback who's going to throw the ball maybe 20 times. In fact, while we're talking about Stetson Bennett, I can go ahead and talk about the whole Georgia offense. Of any offense in the country right now, there's a lot of unknown roles on this Georgia offense. We don't exactly know what the usage is going to look like for the running backs or the wide receivers. In fact, the only receiving option who I would consider playing this week is Brock Bowers, who's their tight end. And Brock had an incredible season last year. Uh, this year, I'll, I'll look for him to do it again, but he's being priced at $7,100. And I just don't know if I can get behind that price when there's so many other options there on the board. If you want to you know, add some risk to your lineup, the Georgia running backs, I do think they're going to be running the ball a lot. Like I said, I don't know how the usage is going to break down, but I do think that both their running backs are viable options this week. But I just see myself kind of staying away from the Georgia Bulldogs until we know how the usage is going to shake out. Um, you know, week one, we don't really have anything to go by with this year's roster. Um, a lot of times if guys are returners, we can use what they did last year. But you know, at the end of the day, it's a new season. There's new personnel everywhere. Uh, and with Georgia, I just think there's a lot of risk. I'm probably staying away from Georgia Bulldogs this week. Sorry. Now, at quarterback, the two elite options, in my opinion, are Dylan Gabriel and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Let's talk about Dylan Gabriel first. Uh, so Dylan Gabriel is a transfer from UCF. And his team that he's on now, the Oklahoma Sooners, has the highest implied team points total. Um, and so he is absolutely the number one prize this week. Even though he is very expensive, I think that he will pay off that salary. I think that he is pretty much a lock to have 20 points this week. You know, If you're looking for safety, if you're looking for upside as well, because he does run, uh, I think that Dylan Gabriel has both of those going for him at Oklahoma this week. Now, Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA, uh, he is a great option also. He's in a great situation on offense. You know, Chip Kelly runs that high-tempo offense. They're going to get in a lot of plays. They're going to get in a lot of snaps. Uh, and so he's also somebody that can use his legs, so he's got that upside going for you. The one downside is that last year, uh, he was not that impressive in games that his team won in blowouts, which I do think this game will be a blowout. And the reason for that, if you look at the numbers, is because he ran the ball less. So he was still throwing it in these blowouts, and he was still throwing it pretty well but he did not have the rushing totals and rushing touchdowns and blowouts. I don't know why. Maybe he didn't want to take the risk at getting injured. Maybe that was just the flow of the game where they could just hand off to the running backs and they didn't need Thompson Robinson to run. But either way, uh, I do think he's priced that high for a reason. He does have an incredibly high ceiling this week. But like I said, buyer beware because in blowouts last year, he was not the most successful. Now, the little brother of Tua, Talia Tagovailoa at Maryland. Uh, I actually think that he's a really good option. If you look at his game log, the only games he really struggled last year were against elite competition, and he absolutely excelled when his team had blowout wins, which this one is projected to be. His team is favored by over 20. So I think Talia Tagovailoa of Maryland, also a great option this week, and I think he can actually save you a little bit of cost with where he's at. Now, the two teams that I'm avoiding their quarterbacks are Michigan and Ole Miss. 
Both of these teams are in great situations, particularly Ole Miss, but there's just an absolute high level of uncertainty behind the snap counts in both of these situations. Uh, Michigan's announced that they're going to alternate starters week one and week two, but like I don't know if that means that we're going to see all of the snaps go to one guy in week one and all the snaps go to the other guy in week two. I just don't know how it's going to break it down. In daily fantasy, that is like a nightmare-type situation. Uh, Ole Miss is the same way, where they haven't really announced that there is a for-certain starter, um, so I just don't see myself getting to either of those two quarterbacks. If you want to add a lot of risk to your lineup, I think Jackson Dart of Ole Miss has a super high ceiling uh, because of what he showed at USC last year and the situation he's in at Ole Miss, but I can't tell you that he's going to play the whole game. So uh, I'm avoiding both of those two teams' quarterback rooms this week. Now, looking further down the board, trying to find a little value here. Devin Leary of NC State was Mr. Consistency last season. He had no games under 16.5 points, and he only had two games under 20 points. I think he is the elite, safe, high floor option there at that price point for Devin Leary. Now, when it comes to North Carolina, I don't know what DraftKings is doing because I don't think that they have updated prices to um, see the effect of last Saturday night's game against Florida A&M because Drake May had a really good game Friday night, and his price point does not really reflect that. I think Drake May is an absolute steal at this price. I think he's a good option. While I think the App State actually has a sneaky chance to win this game, I think that Drake May will still be able to put up some points through the air, so he is definitely an option. Now, the two group of five quarterbacks, uh, Holton Aylers and C.J. Bryce, both seem underpriced to me. Both of them had really good seasons last year at their schools. Uh, Aylers was at ECU. Bryce was at App State. Uh, They're both back again this year. They both get Power 5 opponents in NC State and North Carolina this week, but they both seem really underpriced to me. I expect both of them to pay off their price point, and if you need to relieve some salary, I think that both of them are viable options. The only value play looking way down the board, in my opinion, is Jerry Bohannon of South Florida. Uh, former Baylor Bear for Bohannon. Um, he was a more of a runner than a thrower. Um, but, you know, that running upside, that's what we like in quarterbacks. It's easier to put up points through the ground than it is through the air. So he could end up being a value play at the end of the week. All right, let's move on and talk about some running backs. Looking at the running back position for this slate, I think that the top option is Zach Charbonnet of UCLA. The former Michigan transfer has really found his home at UCLA, and once he took over the backfield last season, he was absolute dynamite. He ended the season with three straight 26-point games, so we know that he's got that ceiling, and I think he's got the high floor because I think they're going to run him a lot. He's going to see a lot of usage. Uh, I just think he's the absolute top option at running back, and if you want to pay up for a running back this week, he is the guy that you should be going with. Zach Charbonnet of UCLA. Looking a little further down the board, Devin A. Chain of Texas A&M has a pretty big price tag. Um, And last year, he was pretty much just their big play guy. Like they, They didn't really use him every single down. He didn't see a whole lot of carries or a whole lot of receptions, but when he did get the ball, he thrived. Um, so I don't think that he will see workhorse usage. I just don't think that that's his style, but he is definitely a threat to break a long touchdown at any time. Amari Daniels, who's the second running back at Texas A&M, may actually see more carries than Devin A-Chain, but I don't think he possesses that big play upside that A-Chain has. So A-Chain is definitely a high-risk, high-reward play. I think you're looking at a running back who is going to have a lot of success, but not a lot of usage. So um, 
he's definitely somebody that has upside, but that price tag, that's kind of a lot for a guy that's not going to see a workhorse role. Uh, speaking of guys that are in workhorse roles, Blake Corum of Michigan is a guy that I expect to see a lot of carries. We know about the uncertainty at quarterback for the Wolverines, and we also know that Hassan Haskins is no longer a Wolverine. So Blake Corum is going to be the guy. Um, Jim Harbaugh loves to run the football. He loves to give his top running back a lot of carries. So I expect that to be Blake Corum this season. Now, there are Three options that I think are mid-price running back options that are going to see high usage. I consider all three of these safe, high-floor options because they're going to see a lot of carries. They're going to be in the game a lot on on their respective offenses. And that is Keaton Mitchell of ECU, Raheem Sanders of Arkansas, and Christopher Brooks of BYU. Like I said, all three of these guys going to be on the field a lot, going to see a lot of carries. I don't expect them to be in a committee. Obviously, it's still week one. We don't know for certain. But these guys all figure to be the workhorses on their present teams. And I think they're all three very high floor, you know, still high ceiling because they're going to see a lot of usage. But the bottom line is they're all options because of their usage. Now, one more that I want to look at. Uh, is Jaron Mangum of USF, South Florida. He saw very inconsistent usage last season. Um, He had games where he had 20-plus carries and then games where he had like two carries. Um, With the arrival of Jerry Bohannon as their quarterback, I think this team might lean on the run a little bit more now that they have a running quarterback. So I think that Mangum does present an option where Uh, If his usage is able to see where it was at its top last season, he's definitely going to outperform his price point. Um, And I think he's actually a very good value play for that reason. But if he continues to see inconsistent usage and gets like four carries, that's not going to help us out at all. So I do think there's a little bit of risk, but I do think that there is the upside there with Jaron Mangum. Now, last running back situation that I want to talk about is the North Carolina running back situation. Like I said earlier about Drake May, it doesn't seem like they updated the prices based off of their performance against Florida A&M. Omarion Hampton and George Petaway were the two running backs that saw most of the work last week, and they are not priced like it at all. Now, the one thing that I do think provides a little bit of risk here with this situation is that the game script is going to be a lot different. In the fourth quarter, you know, that Florida A&M game, Florida A&M was able to keep it close for a half. um, But, you know, Carolina really stretched out that lead near the end of the third and the start of the fourth quarter. So maybe the game script being, you know, a little bit of a blowout maybe impacted those guys' usage. But I don't know. I still think that they're mispriced. They're, They're all three of those UNC running backs are going to see usage. And I think that Hampton and Petaway at that price, I just, I don't know. I could see myself playing either one of them because that is a really easy option to relieve some salary. So that way you can go with some top options at quarterback or wide receiver. Speaking of wide receivers, let's go ahead and take a quick break and then talk about these wide receivers. Do you wish there was more college football daily fantasy content out there? Well, I actually did, and I decided to do something about it. College football daily fantasy is a very fun game to play. College football is always entertaining to watch. It's one of my personal favorites. And college football daily fantasy is something that gets under-researched and under-reported on very often. So if you are looking for more college football daily fantasy content, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. We've got college football content coming your way on the podcast and on the Patreon all season long, so make sure you stay tuned. The wide receiver position on DraftKings for this slate, I think, is one of the hardest to figure out. 
And I could very well see myself going with some top options or some options way down the board, just trying to find somebody with a lot of touchdown equity and a chance to score a touchdown for their team this week. So the top option is Josh Downs in North Carolina. He is a target machine. He's going to get guaranteed targets. He's going to see the ball a lot in this Carolina offense. So he is the top priced option, and he is that for a reason. I absolutely have no problem playing Josh Downs this week at that wide receiver position. The second elite option is Nathan Dell of Houston. Um, again, very much similar situation as Downs. Uh, you know, obviously he doesn't have the week zero game to bank on like Downs does, but he's going to see a lot of targets. Him and Clayton Toon have a lot of chemistry, uh, and so I can definitely see uh, Nathan Dell being another elite option at wide receiver this week. If you think that Downs is going to see high ownership, which I do, Nathan Dell is actually a really good pivot play, and I think that you're not going to see that much of a drop off between the two of them. Now, looking at Maryland, the Maryland offense projected to score a lot of points this week, and Rakeem Jarrett is one of Maryland's receivers that is boom or bust. If you look at this guy's game log, you're going to see some outstanding games, and you're going to see some duds. Uh, this one, in a game that where I think they're going to score a lot of points, I think this one is one that could be a boom for Rakeem Jarrett. I think he has a lot of upside, especially at his price point, and I could definitely see myself putting him in my lineups. Now, there are two teams who receivers that... They're returning their top two receivers from last year, but I can't really figure them out. I can't really figure out you know, when one is going to get more usage than the other, uh, and we'll just have to kind of wait and see. I think both of these teams have viable receiving options, um, but the bottom line is that we don't really know which one of them is going to see more targets or more receptions or more touchdowns, and so you're kind of putting yourself in a bind where you could end up with a goose egg or a big game. But either way, the NC State receivers of Thomas and Carter, they're both quality players. They're both going to see the football some this week. I just can't really figure out who's going to see it more. Uh, and I feel the same way about the BYU receivers. Um, they're both quality players. They're both going to see the football, but I can't figure out which one of them is the one that you want to play on your teams this week. I think all four of those guys are viable options, but I just don't really know how the usage is going to shake out. Now, last season, App State lost a lot of wide receiver production. They pretty much lost their top two receivers who saw a lot of targets last year for the Mountaineers. Um, this year, all three of their top options, I think, are usable right now at that price. Like I said, I think that C.J. Bryce has a chance for a sneaky good game. App State has a chance to pull this upset against Carolina. So all three of those receivers, I think, have a little bit of touchdown equity. I think that they all have a chance to give you a good performance at their price points this week. Now, for the UCLA receivers, this is one that... Um, I looked into deeply. If you want to do the same thing I did, you absolutely can. Just Google whatever team you're looking at to deep depth chart and you can find online who is starting for all these teams this week. UCLA was the one that stood out because the pricing was not indicative of who the starters were. Um, the starters listed were Jake Bobo, Casimir Allen, and then Titus Mokio Atamalala. I hope I said that correctly. But all three of those guys are listed as the starters, and they're not really priced like the starters. They're not priced like the number one option. So if you think the UCLA is going to score some points this week, which I do, I think that playing one of those guys as your low-priced salary relief is absolutely an option this week. Now, when it comes to the Oklahoma receivers, 
Uh, Marvin Mims was kind of disappointing last season. We know he's in that wide receiver one role. He's going to see the most targets, but last year he didn't really convert it into as much points as we would have liked to see. Uh, and so for that reason, I think that Drake Stoops may be the value play for Oklahoma this week. Uh, he's been used inconsistently in the slot each of the past two seasons, but when he's gotten on the field, he's done pretty well. And now he's finally carved out, you know, that he is going to be the starting slot there. So I think that if he's able to, you know, see some targets, get the football, I think he can easily play or, you know, pay off his price point this week. I think he is the value of all the Oklahoma receivers. Now, there is one more big misprice that I found, and I believe that is Malik Heath of Ole Miss. He is currently priced at $3,900 on DraftKings, and he is listed as the starting slot at Ole Miss this week. Uh, and there's a lot of Ole Miss receivers that are priced ahead of them that are not starting on that depth chart. So Malik Heath may be the value play this week. They're at $3,900. Now, in terms of building a lineup this week, like I said earlier, I want to have clear goals in mind when I put my lineup together. I either want a safe lineup with a high floor, or I can go with a lineup that can be boom or bust and try to really take advantage of some of these situations. So if you're going for the safe route, I like the three mid-price running backs that I mentioned earlier that are all going to see a lot of usage. You know, Keaton Mitchell, Raheem Sanders, Christopher Brooks, all three of those seem very safe at the running back position to me. And at the wide receiver position, I definitely want to try to squeeze in Josh Downs or Nathan Dell if I'm, you know, playing a safer lineup. Uh, and, you know, if you need salary relief, I think the UNC running backs and I think that the Ole Miss wide receiver Malik Heath, I think both of those could be good options for salary relief if you're trying to play it safe. Now, if you're trying to go boom or bust, I think you can actually go a little bit cheaper at quarterback, if that makes sense. Um what ends up kind of being the bottom line with a boomer bust lineup is you're going to need a quarterback who's going to severely outplay his salary. So you're going to have to go down that board a little bit, and hopefully you can find a quarterback who can return at least three or maybe even four times his salary. I think that you could also play one of the high-priced quarterbacks as well, kind of pair them together to average it out. Um, and then if you're trying to play boomer bust, you can probably target some of these situations that there is some uncertainty because guys are going to be staying away from them. And, you know, somebody's going to be scoring points for these teams. We just don't really know who it is. And if you happen to guess right on who it is, there's a potential for a great reward in that concept. Uh, so there you have it. DraftKings week one, Labor Day weekend. We've got the noon slate covered for you. Like I said, FanDuel has not released their pricing for this slate yet, so I'm hoping that this episode ages well and FanDuel has a lot of the same pricing points that DraftKings does. But either way, um, there you have it. If you want my full lineups, they are going to be posted on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Uh, but until next time, thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all again next time. Mm-hmm.